The Ryan Tuberty Show on RTE Radio 1 with Elevon Merchant Services. Growing your business is easy peasy with us by your side. Good morning all, this is Ryan Tuberty with you It is Wednesday morning now, the 4th of May 2022 Good to have your company today, it is exactly outside And uh, that's how you should dress, so be careful And uh, we will take it to 10 o'clock with plenty to talk about Because when we were speaking here yesterday we, We touched on a load of different things We had Amanda Bone here in studio and we were chatting with her about all sorts of... Gosh, the conversation went everywhere. It was very interesting and and very engaging and and most enjoyable. Um, And that's reflected in the emails that came in overnight. So we'll talk about some of that. We'll also... We're still talking about uh, Lizzo and the flute and um, Debussy. And uh, a lot of that came in as well. Um, And uh, all all sorts of things. So let's see where we go. We we begin... First of all... um, Odd story, uh, history-wise, in America, that there was one particular thing that ancient humans used to consume in enormous numbers. I'm talking. They left the, the, these things. I'm going to tell you about now in a second. They were in a shit. They were in a shed. Still eaten today by people who like them. I find them repulsive just to even think about, let alone consume. I, well, I've never. I just won't. But billions of shells over thousands of years have been you know, found and that they would take these shells and they'd put them in in big piles, essentially rubbish piles, but they were called middens that contained often billions of shells. One place in America contained the shells of 18.6 billion oysters. That's what I'm talking about, oysters. And they would eat them so much, they were harvested by various tribes and they could be, certainly the shells would, 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 would go up to 30 feet high. And they were important ceremonial and sacred and symbolic structures. Others were smaller, maybe suggesting the camps were only used seasonally. But we as humans used to shuck billions of shells over thousands of years in a way that did not appear to cause oyster populations to collapse as they have in many places today. That's it. Oysters was the the food of life. There's talk of, don't they say it's it's an aphrodisiac? I'm not so sure. But they they look, uh, I can always imagine they taste and particularly feel grotesque. I always think that I've said it before and I say it again kind of phlegm with notions you know that, that's what I always think it, it looks like does it taste like that when it's going down anyway good luck with that not for me the statue of Maureen O'Hara that was in Dengareth that beautiful village really beautiful village West Cork uh, has, has gone they, they've obviously responded people said look it looks nothing like her please stop uh, there are a number of statues around the place in, in the country that look really nothing like Nothing. It's like it was made with plasticine by a child uh, of about two, Mala. And then somebody said, that's great. And they all agreed, that's great. And then it's not there. And I'm not talking about this particular statue because there were dissenting voices um, among us, even on the programme. Some said, I still think it's a great, there's nothing wrong with that. It, it looks like her. Uh, at one point, somebody handed one of the other people uh, a glasses cleaner and said, "You need these, obviously. This because clearly your opinion is is uh, is wrong, and your glasses are fogged up, or there's something wrong with with your sight." But it cost it been cost thirty three thousand euro. To, I didn't realize statues were that dear, and uh, it was put in the village on Wednesday. By Friday, 
gone. Where's it gone? Who took it? Why did they take it? Who, who explains? I'm not sure. Uh, but uh, one local said, this is like the moving statue of Glen Gareth, but in a very different way to the ones we remember in the 80s. For whatever reason, we seem to have a problem getting a sculptor to make a statue that looks exactly like Maureen and to keep everyone happy. I'm sure it's a very difficult job. And I'd say it is. It's very hard to get likenesses right, whether it's in bronze or indeed wax. It doesn't matter what it is. It's very hard to get it right, right. But I know one thing. The, Sh- the Shackleton statue in the museum in Athai is beautiful. And the Roger Casement statue that's out near the sea in Dunleary is also excellent and beautiful. So you can, you can get it right, that's for sure. Um, uh, but they just seem to have a problem with them. There's some, some of the statues around they just simply haven't got right at all. Um, okay, I want to touch on the, 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 the subject of Roe versus Wade briefly in, in the United States, largely because not from a political point of view, but largely because it has thrown up so many interesting talking points. Phoebe Bridgers, the singer, has shared that she had an abortion last year amid reports, uh, sorry, uh, on Instagram. She posted this, she's 27, and she said, I had an abortion in October of last year, excuse me, while I was on tour. Uh, I went to Planned Parenthood where they gave me the abortion pill. It was easy. Everyone deserves that kind of access, she said, and concluded her post with a link to several abortion funds to donate to. And this is in the light of the fact that uh, the reports of the US Supreme Court deciding to overturn the Roe versus Wade ruling that legalised the practice uh, nearly 50 years ago, and you saw... Um, Joe Biden saying that this could interfere with other aspects of uh, rights and state rights and so forth. But uh, Phoebe Bridgers posting that on Instagram, it's a sign of the times in, in, in a certain way. Uh, it's not something that would have been very common years ago, but that's her story. And she is entitled to tell her story, of course. Um, and I was really struck watching the news last night by uh, Senator Elizabeth Warren, who ran for president the presidency um, against, obviously, Joe Biden the last time out, and if I'm not mistaken. And she um, was watched, she was at some sort of protest, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm keen to say that there was people who were pro and anti this situation, obviously, at the, at the protest. And she, but a reporter uh, said, you looked, we kind of really was struck by how angry Elizabeth Warren was. And I was, I watched her respond to the reporter and I thought there's this could be a defining moment for her politically because the Democrats are so bereft of candidates going into this next election cycle for the presidency that those who agree with her opinions might have thought, well, there's the passion we hadn't seen before. Um, and this is this is what she had to say. I am angry, angry and upset and determined. The United States Congress can keep Roe versus Wade the law of the land. They just need to do it. I, I've never seen you so angry. You seem to be. This is what the Republicans have been working toward this day for decades. They have been out there plotting, carefully cultivating these Supreme Court justices so they could have a majority on the bench who would accomplish something that the majority of Americans do not want. 69% of people across this country, red states and blue states, old people and young people, want Roe versus Wade to maintain no, as the law of the land. The we need to do no, that. And we have a right. Extremists, we've heard enough from the extremists. 
And we're tired of it. And on it goes. So you heard um, voices that didn't agree with her opinion um, talking in the background there towards the end of Elizabeth Warren's uh, doorstep uh, yesterday morning or yesterday afternoon. Um, And it is extraordinary uh, what's happening in the United States. And we will watch that story with enormous interest. And as we seem to be going back in time, um, Lady Gaga is helping Top Gun Maverick take everyone's breath away, they think. Now, just, and I know I'm leaping from something very serious to something very whimsical, but such is the nature of the papers this morning. I can tell you that um, Top Gun is something that was never on my radar, even in, when it came out. I never watched it. I've never seen it. I, I don't think it was for me, but it was for millions of people around the world. And Take My Breath Away was obviously the song. Was it Berlin? Was that the name of the band that, said that sang Take My Breath Away? Am I, am I right in that? Could be wrong. Um, and now they've, they've re, re, Tom Cruise is back and Lady Gaga has a song for the new film uh, called Hold My Hand and I'm going to play a little clip of it. Obviously not the whole thing. And I think it's got a bang of the 80s often. <laughs> Eighties, isn't it? Yeah. So that and, and good honor, Lady Gaga. She she's an amazing chameleon of a voice that she can go to. She can go to be Rosemary Clooney with Tony Bennett one minute, and then back into the big belting ballads from the eighties there with uh, that song called "Hold My Hand." It's perfect from Lady Gaga, featuring in the new film Top Gun Maverick, which I don't think I'll go and see. Meanwhile, the Sex Pistols um, have uh, re-released "God Save the Queen." For the to mark the silver jubilee of Queen Elizabeth II, and it is sounding like this. Uh, six, six Pistols and actually looks like a nice uh, single they've done on the, on the vinyl if you see if you look it up it's a nice package uh, now uh, some messages we got in uh, I'm in stitches uh, talking about walking fast there was a piece yesterday saying if you walk fast you'll live longer and I was saying well I'm going to live to about 400 years old if, if it's based on that because of the speed with which I would generally walk but Sandra got on to say I'm in stitches as I fast walk around the city park in Budapest uh, I do it every day it explains a lot why no one wants to walk with me. My husband is also a very fast walker and your description of being behind slow walkers is so true. Anyway, you've kept me company on my walks over the years from Sydney, Beijing and now Budapest. Thankfully, the time difference now means you're a live gig. <laughs> yes. Uh, not just some old podcast gathering dust in the afternoons in Sydney. Anyway, throughout of COVID, you brought me nearer to home for which I'm most... Uh, grateful. Keep walking and reading. Louise Penny is my antidote in between books that take me out of my comfort zone. Another reason to thank... I didn't realise that was such a a grateful text. Sandra, listen, if we didn't have you listening, I wouldn't be here. So thank you very much, more importantly. And Budapest, if I'm to give it the sh, uh, which is meant to... I've never been. I'd like to go. So um, uh, thank you for 
planting that seed in my head. On the subject of piano, which we touched on yesterday, another text says, I went to a Tori Amos concert with an old college pal 10 years ago. Later on in the pub, I was lamenting, and not for the first time, that I gave up piano when I left school. And my friend told me in no uncertain terms to stop whining about it and do something about it or shut up about it. So I did. I might never play Carnegie Hall, but I did get so much pleasure from sitting down to play whenever I need to clear my mind. I do now, anyway. Not just the act of playing, but the satisfaction I get from addressing this 20-year-old regret. I would strongly recommend your listeners revisit their own lost interests and think about taking them up again. It feels wonderful. You could have just sparked off a whole heap of, I've always thought I'd like to do that, but I never did. Now is the time. Post-pandemic, embrace uh, the crazy. Now, the, the Lizzo, just again, I'll just uh, return to this briefly. Lizzo was at the Met Gala thing and she took her flute out and she played a little piece of music that we now know as Debussy. Yes. I thought it was lovely. I thought it was creepy. It sounded like something that would feature in a, a telling of Hansel and Gretel or something. That's lovely. Because turns out, of course, James Galway, only the greatest flautist in the world, has been playing it. Quite haunting, isn't it? It says kind of mesmerizing, and it's it got that, that. As I said before, when I heard the Lizzo thing, it reminds me of like a kind of Pied Piper vibe. To Somebody said, quite like the the Star Trek original theme. <laughs> nah, nah. You just want me to play Star Trek on May the Fourth Day to confuse people with Star Wars. I know you. That was just a ruse. I'm on to you. Disengage. Thank you. And then we had. I was trying to explain to Ellen upstairs the difference between Star Trek and Star Wars. And she's our social person, and we were saying, "What's May the Fourth? Is that Star Trek?" Is Star? How dare you, Alan? How? What are you talking about? Star? That's Luke. Over. That's that's May the Fourth. May the Fourth be with you. Based on May the Fourth be with you. Star Trek. Totally different. But actually, back to Debussy. God, my head. I'm bouncing like a crazy horse here. Back to Debussy now, and somebody else more correctly suggested it's uh, trust in me from the Jungle Book. Yeah. That's more like it. Mm. Yeah, that's definitely a better likeness to it. That's what that is. If you're interested in wearing ballet pumps uh, because they're handy, just watch out for what's called pavement toe. This is uh, this is a warning that says, look, these shoes are pretty, they're versatile, they're easy to wear, they're even easier to slip into your handbag as a change into option, but ballerinas and podiatrists alike are in agreement that ballet pumps are the devil's work because they're back in fashion, but be careful. The rest of us, says uh, Harriet Walker this morning, have to have had a decade to discover the comfort and appeal of loafers and flatforms and skate shoes and designer trainers, so are we really ready to welcome ballet flats back into the roster? Gird your lower lumbar because the Parisians' favourite runarounds are back Think Catherine Deneuve in the 1950s and Sienna Miller and Kate Moss in their Primrose Hill environs during the heyday in, the, in their heyday in the noughties. Be, but be, beware classic pavement toe, which is a thickening 
and warping of the toenails that is caused by the repetitive jarring impact that when walking in soles that don't provide enough cushioning from concrete. You have been warned, my friends. That Gaga track sounds like it was written by the band Heart. Yeah, I think you're right, says the text. Uh, sorry, I'm responding to the text. You're right, because it has that big sound. Uh, meanwhile, sprinkle some garlic breadcrumbs on the oysters and grill them slowly. You'll be converted. I think that would make me even more sick. So I'm going to say no. One of the best likeness statues is JFK in Bruff in Limerick, says Marion. Good. Ryan, you're not living. I am, Bill. I really am. That's what you're hearing is the sound of me living. <laughs> Oysters are wonderful. The, the experience. Imagine jumping off the pier into the Atlantic on a summer's day. I'd hate that. The sharp shock of hitting the water. No thanks. And the taste of the sea. Hate that too. So, Bill, I'm missing nothing. But thank you. I love your enthusiasm. And we'll remain friends. Um, yes, Ryan, I remember I remember someone describing the taste of oysters as salty phlegm. So needless to say, I have never tried them. I can't understand the appeal of something. Do you want to love it now? It's a cup of salty phlegm. Perfect. Why don't you shuck some oysters and enjoy yourself? All credit to Lizzo for embracing the Rose of Tralee talent spot in the middle of a fashion parade, says Peter in Galway. <laughs> now, Peter, uh, I see what you're saying there. I'm going to mention... Um, the interview with Amanda because Amanda Bone because of the Enneagram do you remember somebody at the end of the show if you were listening uh, sent in a thing saying oh Amanda's definitely a number one on the Enneagram now in my ignorance um, of which I have an abundance I did not know what an Enneagram was and we got a number of emails one was from Valerie said I listened to your interview with Amanda today and uh, regarding that she is a type one on the Enneagram often called the perfectionist type one by the way is the perfectionist or the reformer. Um, while your listener may be correct, they may also be incorrect. This is what I'd like to address. I'm a trained Enneagram teacher. And one of the most important things we are taught during our training is not to type, that is to say, to assess somebody from afar. Ah, discovering our type is an inside job. Discovering our type is something we should come to with the guidance of an Enneagram teacher who will teach us how to become an inner observer to our thoughts and our feelings and our behaviours. This is key to understanding what drives us and ultimately understanding our basic belief system. Not always a speedy discovery, but a highly valuable one. Personality traits, says Valerie, are the outside manifestation of this basic belief system. There are many similar traits across the nine types. Hence, it's not an accurate way to type people. Our traits are a mix of nature and the many layers of nurture we experience from birth, perhaps even conception. For example, our family of origin, our religion, schooling, societal culture. It likes, it's like the layer of an onion and it is uh, what makes us unique despite only nine basic types. So lots of type ones like order. Lots of type fives have few possessions and are often referred to as minimalists. And this can look like the same type when it viewed from afar. The risk of being typed incorrectly by another is that we embark on this path of self-development and change based on an incorrect basic belief system so we can get a bit lost along the way as we don't make progress. My advice to anyone who's interested in, it, in the inside job to find an introductory course or arrange a one-to-one -one interview with a qualified teacher. I had no idea. It's a whole um, psychological ecosystem I was utterly unfamiliar with, but... Uh, I have an even lengthier one which goes through the various types which I thought was rather interesting as I was reading it this morning so I might go to that after some uh, music. But it's 9.24 um, and I want to mention a very important person um, on uh, in my life and uh, in the world and her name is Saoirse Ruan. If you remember correctly a couple of years ago 
on the toy show. In fact, we started our friendship talking on this radio program um, and then she found her way onto the toy show. She had had an amputation due to a cancer um, situation and she was a delightful person to meet and to talk to and to be friends with. And as were and are her mum and her sister and her dad. Now, st- I'm sorry to say I was talking to Saoirse's mum yesterday and I was talking to Saoirse yesterday, by the way, who was on her way up to Crumlin because they got some pretty bad news last week. And Saoirse is a remarkably resilient young person. And she was in very good form when we spoke yesterday. And had a longer conversation a little later on with her mum, Rosanna, who's also a remarkable person. And the Rosanna had, had, um, had posted a piece on Instagram to explain to everyone what, what had happened. And she said that last Wednesday, essentially, they went to the hospital in Galway and found themselves in the same cubicle on the same ward um, that they had been before. And as she says herself, I'm quoting her, she, she says, in front of a paediatric consultant being told the words we never, ever wanted to hear again. You know what I'm talking about. And we don't need to get into any big detail other than to say that she said, uh, she added to say, I feel physically sick writing this and can't emphasise enough. Life is so, so unbelievably precious. She knows what she's talking about and her family know what she's talking about. So what we can all do this morning, because I know uh, talking to Rosanna yesterday that this is important for her, that she, what they, that the family would love prayers if you pray. And she'd love love if you've got love in your heart. And if you could send it their way, you don't need to physically do anything. You don't need to light a candle. But if you just give a thought and send some class of critical mass of warmth towards Galway today, uh, send some love in the wind. If you were from wherever you are in the world, it would be very much appreciated um, to Saoirse and to Farrah Rose, her sister, and their dad, Ali, obviously, as well. Because uh, Saoirse is a beautiful person. And I remember meeting her and she has what I've heard described before rather gorgeously as kind eyes. She's got kind eyes and she has a big heart and she has a warrior spirit. And with that in mind, uh, I want to send her lots of love today and I'm going to see her very, very soon, I'm glad to say. Okay, you never know what's around the corner, friends. That's the truth. It's 9.27. The text number is 51551 and you can email ryan at rte.ie and we're going to start here craziness at the end of that song I always did it, it reminded me of what we talked about last week that from Northman and the, the, the that Bulgarian choir Hungarian choir um, beautiful that's uh, Cranberries and Dreams and uh, thanks for all the lovely messages for Saoirse and her family and I know from the Instagram post I put up there are endless hundreds and hundreds of people sending their love towards Galway like I say 
I remember says Ursula Saoirse well from the toy show uh, so she's so brave and has already been through so much it's a very special quality a kind of gleam I'm sending love to her and her family says uh, thank you for that Ursula and I'm heartbroken for Saoirse and her family says and I pray daily and they'll be in my prayers from a county layers mammy good on you and uh, lots coming in for, for the Ruans and appreciate that very much um, and here's hoping that uh, something beautiful might happen. It's a little after 9.32. Our guest is waiting patiently, so let's bring her in after this. The Ryan Tuberty Show on RTE Radio 1. That's a, a sad text. I'm laughing in between tears listening to you. I'm on my way to say slan to my dad as he nears his end of life. Isn't that desperately sad for somebody this morning? It's a big, big... Big, profound, existential moment in your in your life. Um, anyway, you said it was a good life for for your dad, which I'm delighted to hear. And then you're and 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 yet you're still writing to us about oysters in the middle of all your sadness. You say I'm totally with you. OMG, I will never understand how they can be consumed by another human. Everyone to their own, I guess. And sending love to Sears because you're covering everything in there. Well, I'm sending you all the love that you that you need today. And tell your dad we were asking for him, and and um, I hope he's in a good place if you'll excuse the expression but you know what I mean uh, thank you so much for interviewing Patrick Martins what a great guy he was last week says uh, Neve in Dublin as I tipped the scales in favour of booking tickets to the Abbey on Friday night myself, Friday night that was the wrong night myself and my husband to be went to see an Octoroon and it was simply brilliant he got five stars in one of the papers I saw yesterday at the weekend anyway Neve says I'm so glad that they gave the responsibility and trust of such intense parts to a 24 year old actor hungry to make his mark this production was a perfect example of how branching out and running with new plays and new actors and new ways of working or in the case of this play some very old ways can make for a spectacular show Patrick Martins was an absolutely lovely interviewee and unsurprisingly brilliant actor and I can't wait to see what he does next yeah I was really taken by and I'm delighted that you're, you enjoyed that very much and that's good news okay um, and I think we'll take a little track actually yeah, why don't we do this we'll go with Nancy Are you ready, Boots? Start walking. Are you ready, Boots? That's uh, Nancy Snatcher listening to a lot of her over the weekend. Great, great old singer. Great repertoire there in the end. Greatest hits will do the job. Uh, quick break to take before we say goodbye. I was working on the floodlights, says Brendan in me in, in the RT car park the day of the toy show when I met Saoirse and her mum. How about that? I remember her beautiful smile lighting up my day as I wished her good luck on the show. And I now send her my prayers and best wishes and love. And I think we all agree with that. And thanks for all the lovely messages on that front, um, thinking about Saoirse and all the Rwands today. All right. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, look after yourselves, won't you? And uh, we'll see you tomorrow between 9 and 10. Stay tuned to Claire Byrne and we'll see you on the other side. The Ryan Tuberty Show. Listen back on the RTE Radio Player.